my name is Eric McCoy, and I am the host of Recovering Through Highness. Perceptions is defined as the ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through the senses. Problems with perceptions as they can be a misinterpretation of things that exist. A delusion is an unshakable belief in something untrue and be mistaken by your perception of something. What you see may not be real. And some life experiences of mine have been the greatest lessons, but not in a traditional fashion. I want to tell you a story, and it's about a drug that some people rationalize in using, even in sobriety, because it is non-addictive. Now, I opt to not use it because I have decided that being clean and sober is my only chance to remain stable, successful, and happy. I wrote a story which was to be the first chapter of another book that I was working on, and I was titling it, Stop Seeing With Your Eyes. Now, my perception of things have changed as I have learned the ability to live within logic and intuition. Combining my intellect with that intuition, I'm committed to keeping the remaining brain cells that I have left and continue to recover through highness as pleasure comes from within. As I enjoy writing poetry, this too begins with a poem. Chapter one, a dream world full of lessons. Can you imagine a world of sights that you can hear? Emotions become obscured where happiness turns to fear. It's to love a beautiful sound that is bright for you to see. That downward spiral in feelings won't last as joy will be. My thoughts become unstable as delusions become a norm. Illusions obscure my senses while the winds blow in a storm. My thoughts become my eyes and perceptions develop the sight. Don't explain to me because my eyes will tell what's right. The parentheses in your future, you may not understand unless you're keen to wisdom with sound waves and that band. I saw what I had listened to, which was programmed in my head and to step into a dream world. That started with him dead. Cast aside your bias and hatred of what will come. It's a story that I can't show you, but it has been seen by some. No need to follow my path as I can teach you what I've learned. Don't think that glory is in the story because it's going to turn. What you think you know may not be the truth. How can we know anything unless we have some proof? George is a man we hate, but have never read his book. How can we understand, but we judge him by his looks? Don't bother to read on if your sights are locked in time. You're free to believe your eyes as blindness is not a crime. Glasses are like truth, designed to improve your vision, but surgery may be required to cut a belief with an incision. Those who lack any empathy, I sadly say to you, even if you're right, I control, and that is true. Try to be aware today, and hopefully you will find this book will only make sense if you read with an open mind. He was dead. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, shit. We're getting shot at, he yelled to my friend. 
I turned around and, and saw him dead on the floor, not sure where the gunfire was coming from. I ran behind a car that was next to my vehicle where we had just parked. My heart was racing. My adrenaline was pumping as fear consumed me. I was frozen and I was unable to move when I realized that the other two who were with us, they were gone. We had just met them two weeks prior and I became convinced that they had shot my friend. Confusion set in and I couldn't understand what had transpired. You know, calling the police didn't feel right as I knew I'd be arrested and communicating facts were becoming very difficult. What the fuck? I blurted out. The cement walls began to shake in vibrations that seemed to be coerced by laughter. Were the walls laughing at me? Stop laughing, I yelled at the walls. This isn't funny. It's hilarious, I heard from beside the car as my friend stood up. I thought you were dead, I blurted out. I was, and I'm back, he told me as he continued laughing. Where did those gunshots come from, I asked him. That was a backfire, and I thought it'd be funny to play dead, he responded. That was amazing how my interpretation of a backfire convinced me that you were dead. His laughter and the laughter of the other two people who appeared out of nowhere got me laughing. (laughs) Describing what I will see will make no sense unless you can see what I am describing. My feelings quickly changed each minute while my surroundings became obscured as sounds became visible. Nothing was constant as things that shouldn't alter began to grow, shrink, or move in my surroundings. The gravel started shaking, and I could hear the colors of the rainbow that was off in the distance. The metal pole that held the handicapped parking sign appeared to bend slightly as pink passed by. Is that pole bending, or am I bending? I asked my friend. Our minds are bending, he responded with a snicker. I appeared to wear out my welcome as it appeared people's sight was on me, but I wanted to find out what was behind those cold eyes. It was a bright day, and each minute that passed by was of no importance, as there is no pain, because I believe it's working good. My mental state was uncertain, but it was time to tear down the wall. My exposure to this place caused an uneasy feeling, but the songs in my head that we listened to before this trip reminded me that I was a stranger in this town. Nothing seemed more bizarre than when that inanimate object began taking life, which was a sacrifice of value for a reward that refused the gift. And I'm not sure why that idea stuck in my head, but it made sense at the time. After 10 repeated attempts, my frustration began to mount as I switched to the next machine and watched another person succeed where I was failing. This inanimate object, it was a dollar bill, which appeared to be getting larger as each minute passed. And I eventually erupted in laughter as the money reached a size that felt impossible to fit in the slot. I can't put this giant money in this slot that takes tiny little bills. I said, snickering to my friends who were returning from our vehicle to get cigarettes that they had forgotten. Does anybody have a smaller bill? I blurted out. I have extra ones, the man told me as I handed him my dollar bill, which seemed to confuse him very much. I thought you needed smaller bills, he retorted with a strange look on his face as he walked away. I just need this to be smaller, I muffled under my breath as I broke into hysterics. Society scapegoat. 
You know, having a hard time catching each thought that passed through my mind, I struggled with a solution to my current predicament. I stood behind a woman who was able to get her ticket from a machine next to mine. It wasn't long before a man caught my attention who was pacing back and forth and speaking to someone that I was unable to see. The distraction caused me to lose focus on the complex task that I was involved in. It became an utmost importance to find out why I was blind to what this other man was seeing. Uh, Excuse me, sir. Who are you talking to? I asked him. Looking confused and as if he didn't want to respond, he turned quickly and he began walking off. No, 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 no. I'm a little perplexed and it doesn't have anything to do with you, I told him. My sight appears to be distorted and what you are seeing is not the same things that I am seeing. I think that my eyes are lying to me. I wasn't exactly sure what this gentleman was thinking, but I assumed that he rarely was greeted by people because of his looks. His clothes were dirty and tattered and he appeared to be homeless as he pushed a cart that was full of random items. I envisioned a life of loneliness and despair as he was shrouded with society's stigma that included a burden to our towns and a fear that he will harm the innocent. Sadness crept over me as I watched him walk away when I realized that my perception of him was no different than described since I saw the same thing. My mind, it ran rampant as I followed the man down the street and I created a scenario to explain his homelessness and possibly his loss of sanity. It wasn't long before I saw this person differently. George, or at least that's the name I gave him, was a married man. And he had a moderate income. He came home from work one evening, and his life unknowingly was about to change forever. His front door was open, and the house was dark, which concerned him since his wife was usually home when he arrived. As he searched throughout the house, he came upon the dead body of his wife, who appeared to have been murdered as she was lying in a pool of blood. In disbelief and horror, he ran to the phone to call the police. And he tripped over a step, causing him to fall and while knocking himself unconscious. And when he came to, the police had already arrived since the neighbor had reported the sounds of gunfire coming from within his house. Unable to articulate any details, George spoke incoherently about the timeline of events and kept repeating, Kills her! This man who has just lost his wife, became the primary suspect. And he eventually lost his job because of the media attention that surrounded this case. Now, charges were never filed, but he lost everything that triggered a mental breakdown, which was molded him into that stigma as a useless, smelly dirtbag. It is a waste and a nuisance to society. What are you doing? My friend asked as he'd been searching for me. George He's been treated unfairly, accused of something that he didn't do, and has been left alone in this world, I responded. Huh? Never mind. I'll I'll explain later. We ready to go? I asked. You are getting the tickets. Are we ready to go? As he repeated the same question since it had been my responsibility. Oh, yeah. Damn. All right. Let me see if the bill will fit now. Self-induced delusions. It was 1994. And me and three friends had stopped in Berkeley as we were traveling south to Southern California. Now, it, wasn't, it was a wonderful town that provided quality LSD that seemed more difficult to find as years passed by. 
Now, we didn't know anybody living in this town, but quickly found a supplier who sold us 12 taps. Now, we each took three for a day of immense delusional visual and auditory distortions to take us out of reality and into a beautiful dream world, or at least that's what we hoped for. During my years in the early 90s, time seemed highly confusing on ordering days, months, and years. Much of this was related to my activities stemming from drug use that included marijuana, LSD, methamphetamine, and alcohol, which has been explained in pain, failure, and misery are the stepping stones to success. Now, the early 90s were a time of brief spouts of responsibility, followed by the removal of myself in society as I followed the Grateful Dead, attending shows, rainbow gatherings, and staying near hippie communes for some period of time. Now, it was a time unlike many have experienced and not recommended for anybody seeking a successful life of financial stability, healthy relationships, or a career that is ultimately desired. That was a life of bathing in gas station restrooms, eating food that was donated by churches, and panhandling money for gas to get to the next show or campground. Much of my life, and especially during those years, I was searching for a meaning Having felt lied to about many things as my curiosity proved facts while right and wrong became intertwined with things that I valued and what others felt were of importance. LSD has no value in my life today, but I can't dismiss the lessons I gained through my experiences of this hallucinogenic drug that showed me how our perceptions, our biases, our thoughts and feelings can influence what we see and how we see it. The programming throughout my upbringing began swirling through my mind as I envisioned my brain and what my brain looked like on drugs. It was, it was an uncracked egg that presented a healthy brain, but once I introduced it to drugs, it began frying in a pan. All right, let us take a break and we'll return to the scheduled program after a message from our sponsor. The thriving, booming town that had swirled with the mob until the 1980s, Sin City. Las Vegas, or commonly known as Sin City, was an interesting time in the early 90s for the Grateful Dead shows. Now, it was prior to our episode in Berkeley before meeting two of the three people that I was with. Now, my friend and I traveled to Las Vegas and arrived the end of June in 1994. There was something slightly different this year compared to prior years as the temperature reached 115 degrees, which is about two degrees lower than the record high up to that date. Las Vegas was vacant in the summer during those years, except for the Grateful Dead fans, deadheads, that consumed Sin City for the three days they played. Now, it's difficult to remember which show or shows I attended, but I believe it was the first day that weekend which sent my friend and I on an excursion. LSD, mushrooms, marijuana for sale. We heard off in the distance in the parking lot of Sam Boyd Stadium. Now, it may seem strange to have an individual screaming words that promote the selling of illicit drugs while police officers wandered the grounds, but it wasn't out of the ordinary at those events. I followed the sound, and I quickly located the man who was selling the thing that we were looking for, LSD. Shakedown Street was the area in the parking lot for various items such as food, jewelry, and other various things were sold, providing money for people to travel to more shows. 
This was where I found the dealer of those tiny little squares of paper that would alter my consciousness for the next eight to 12 hours. After acquiring 10 tabs and taking five apiece, we drove to the strip to buy cigarettes with a deep interest and excitement for what was an uncertain result of our near future. Is it good? How bad will we trip? These are questions that everybody seemed to ask within 10 minutes of ingesting the drug. We found a liquor store across the street from some casinos parked and we walked inside. Shit. Look at this line. I told my friend. We waited for what seemed like 20 minutes before it was our turn. And I stepped up to the employee to ask for cigarettes. It was almost instantaneously when I reached the counter when the effects consumed me. I completely froze, unable to speak. And I looked at my friend with his tremendously dilated eyes. What can I get for you? The man asked me from behind the counter. I attempted to ask for those items that I came to purchase, but I was unable to remember a single brand of cigarettes. Everything I thought to ask for began to twist into ideas that were impossible to say. Nothing made sense. I looked at him. I looked at my friend. And I quickly walked away. Dude, I think I said to my friend, but I couldn't expand upon that one word. of tripping balls was something he might have said back. Leaving the car at the liquor store, we wandered across the street as I was visually able to see the heat that was flowing in waves. I had one of those flashes. I'd been there before making sure I didn't make eye contact with anybody because I was sure that they would know I was mentally incapacitated. Unsure on where we were going, but finding the closest door that opened into something cooler, we wandered into Caesar's Palace. The temperature difference was incredible as I felt we stepped into heaven, or more importantly, we had escaped from hell. My body was tingling from the temperature difference, and my mind was confused with the overload of sensory information with echoing voices, change falling into the metal baskets from the slot machines, and bright neon colors scattered throughout the building. I was watching people talk as their mouths were moving, but I was unable to make any sense of the things being said. It was complete chaos. This was the first time I'd been to Caesar's Palace, which made it that much more exciting. We walked down the halls in what appeared to be a mall, and we wandered upon the most extraordinary event that compounded that sensory overload as life became more and more unreal. As we were talking through the forum, which was built only a few years prior in 1992, I noticed a few statues along the way that people began crowding around, and sure on the reason that people found them so fascinated. I decided to join this large group of people because, okay, I had no idea why I became a part of this clan, but I was determined to identify the curiosity of others as I attempted to spot exactly what location their eyes were focused on. Secretly, I turned around as if I were looking past them and would glance at their eyes and see if I could spot the direction they were aimed at. What the fuck are these people looking at? I said to my friend that was standing next to me only to find out that this was not my friend, but an old lady who was unappreciative of my question. Excuse me, what language? She informed me 
and then walked away. I erupted in laughter as I searched the area for my friend. He was gone, which isn't that surprising since curiosity always led the way while on LSD. Quickly dismissing the loss of my companion, Caesar's Palace provided great entertainment for the next 10 minutes while those statues came to life. Now, many have witnessed the spectacular event that unfolded if they visited this location, but not all may have seen this with the vision that has been altered by the consumption of that tiny amount of fungus. These solid statues, or they seem to be solid, began talking and moving. Chills ran down my body as a laser show began forming in the ceiling, which kept me stunned and frozen with excitement, fear, happiness, and sadness all wrapped together. By the end of the show, I was laying on the floor in the middle of the forum, unable to move for a moment as I noticed people walking around and over me. Those feelings that I experienced paved the way for what I saw the remainder of that day. My vision, which was altered by my feelings and thoughts, will teach me how eyes can lie. It is time we stop seeing with our eyes, since our vision will be distorted by things that aren't based within facts. Now, I never left the casino that entire day as the heat kept me trapped. People watching was exhilarating, and I would feel happy when those loud bells rang, knowing someone won a significant amount of money, and I saw them as wealthy and living in luxury. But someone pouring change into a machine and seeing no rewards as poor and losing their car and their house. We used to play for silver. A sense of anxiety was always present because I knew that security and patrons in the casino understood that I was on drugs. None of this was probably true, but I believed it. Therefore, I saw it. My friend and I reconnected at some point and camped at Lake Mead to attend the Grateful Dead show the next day. We would listen to the river, sing sweet songs. The night ended with a bang as I huffed nitrous oxide, blacked out, and came to on the ground after slamming my head on the front of my car. Head trauma was a normal event, as I described in my prior book. Confusing lines with parentheses may confuse some, but it is the songs in my head that would play out through my sights. All right, let's get back to San Francisco. Took about 30 minutes to finally get the tickets after I finally decided to ask an employee to help me so we could get to our destination. Now, once we stepped foot into the train, my distortions were profound. And I began hearing confusing echoes and even sounds of helicopter blades putting me into what sounded like a Pink Floyd song. Mouths were moving, but I couldn't understand anything that was being said. Very few memories consist of that day, except for the small puffs of clouds that flew across the sky as we came up the stairs from the subway. Men that were swimming as fast as they could in the bay, but they weren't going nowhere. And the people putting on street shows, which I've seen many times, but not under the influence of LSD. The most interesting sight came while coming down after returning to the Berkeley station when retrieving our vehicle. While walking in my car that was parked in the corner of the lot underground, we started hearing loud clangs of metal off in the distance. Following the sound, because of our curiosity, we came across two individuals that were sword fighting, dressed in full 
medieval armor. Now, not growing up in England in the 14th century, I knew that what I was seeing had no validity to a life and death fight since it was highly unlikely that two men would normally wear an outfit that weighed 60 pounds and armed with a full-length sword. It was my life experience in history that created a view of the same situation seen by someone during the Knights of Roundtable, but perceived completely differently. What are you guys doing? I asked the one spectator who was sitting in a wheelchair. Reaching up to his throat and speaking with an artificial larynx, he informed us that we are a role-playing group. I must admit that I found it a little strange, but I found it interesting and was very appreciative of the experience to witness this. What I saw, even though I wouldn't have been able to predict his answer, did make sense because of my ability to dispute other purposes, such as I identified above. We thanked them for our meeting, and then we went our way. LSD's heightened potential of short-term psychosis can be profound through symptoms of hallucinations and the most prevalent state of delusions or illusions. Hallucinogens have a history of curiosity by some and hatred by others, but the symptom of delusion runs rampant in all societies. It are these delusions that distort our vision and blind us to reality and discredit many rational arguments that are made causing faulty judgments. Now, I'm not promoting the use of LSD, but instead of using it as an example to show the misunderstood information can distort our perception of something, which causes our sight of something to be misconstrued. LSD itself is a drug that is hated by some, and because of misunderstood, and in this case, manipulated information, have caused severe unwarranted consequences with similarities to marijuana. Murder has less consequences. In 1990, I would frequent a Denny's late at night near my home in Southern California. Frank, who was an acquaintance that I often had coffee with, took LSD, which was something not seen because of the tolerance as he took it daily. Now, it was very rare for anybody to take LSD more than once or at most twice a week. I live in a fog, was his response when asked about the results of taking LSD daily. Frank made his own LSD, which was how he was able to maintain a supply to take it so often. Now, my impression of Frank was of an individual who was respectful, he was nice, and he had no ill harm for people, as he wouldn't sell it to anybody. It was about six months after I met him when he disappeared and was never seen again. A few days after I saw him for the last time, he noticed things that were concerning regarding the legality of the drug and police presence. He quickly decided to leave the United States, and he mailed sheets of LSD to himself in Canada or near the Canada border. Upon receiving the package, the Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, arrested him and charged him with very serious federal charges. He was eventually convicted, and he was sentenced to 15 years in federal prison, which was more severe than manslaughter. You may have lost the message through confusion. I purposefully said, I want to set the presage, reread, so don't forget, my eyes will never see, 
the truth if my thoughts are lies. Facts and ideas must agree, or your opinion will surely die. Our history that we are taught may not be what is real. Frank is a great example. Can you imagine what he feels? Why would he have received a sentence with consequences more extreme than killing someone? Let's explore the truth so empathy can be our guiding force. Empathy, which appears to have been lost by many in this world, simply means to understand. End of chapter one. Now, I wrote this because I am an advocate and a strong fighter to eliminate the stigma and the hatred that we have for drug users. I don't promote drug use in any way, shape, or form. But I want to see empathy, and I want to see people work to ultimately understand. And that is ultimately how we are going to help serve the fix the problem. I want to thank everybody for listening to this story. I know it sounds like an odd story, but I did write this for a reason to lead into this book about how our misinterpretations and our perceptions are not always right. And what we see is not always what is real. And we see this in a clean mind in a sober mind. And this is not just a drug-induced mind. And the reason, again, was because LSD taught me an enormous amount as an extreme nature of how delusions and illusions can be found without drugs. So let's stop seeing with our eyes. Let's learn to combine our intellect with our intuition. And learn to love ourselves and learn to love other people. Thank you for listening again to another episode of Recovering Through Highness. And I look forward to the next episode.